Hi everyone, I'm Alex. I'm Maggie. And this is Socially Cause. The podcast for all things geek, nerd, TV, film and marriage. So, today... Alex is already in a bad mood, so this topic is not helping. <laughs> I'm mainly in a bad mood because of this topic right now, I'll be honest. Yeah, it's a pretty bad topic. So, Sorry, guys. today we're going to be quote-unquote discussing the... Uh-huh. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, Star Trek pitch. What? God. What? What even? So, starting off, probably important to mention that you can probably tell neither myself nor Maggie have a very high opinion of Quentin Tarantino's god-awful train wreck excuses for films. Um... (laughs) (laughs) True, true. Not, Not wrong. It's just... To give you a little bit of context for why I am particularly angry is because just before this announcement, like complete coincidence, I was reading an article about 20 Star Trek TV slash film concepts that got canned and like 80% of them got canned because J.J. Abrams got to do the films. Nobody else did. And some of those ideas were so good. And And considering J.J. Abrams stories were so poor. Yeah. He's basically just redid the originals, but he's like, oh, there's a wormhole, so I can do whatever I want now. And then he did the originals, but backwards. And so it was they weren't even new ideas. That's no. the thing that annoys me the most. And what annoys me is that then somebody like Quentin Tarantino, who I consider to be a poor filmmaker, like he just does the same stuff over and over again, and it's not good. No. He just gets to come in and just do it because he's Quentin Tarantino. And... And probably because J.J. Abrams was already running out of ideas. Yeah. And, I don't know, I just... Oh, it just annoys me so much because it's just going to be another story about something that's not interesting. Like, some of those canned concepts where, for example, something that I would like to see, which is what happened after Voyager. Like, mm. what mm. what did they do with all that information? Well, because that would be the like, next step, wouldn't exactly. it? Exactly. I mean, Michael J. Dorn, who played... Worf, Worf in yeah. the original TNG series and in DS9 he pitched for a long time to do Chronicles of Worf which would be so interesting and again that got canned because J.J. Abrams got to do his film and there's so many good concepts of like mm. of exploring different storylines whereas I bet Quentin Tarantino is basically just going to take yet another not original storyline and just put a lot of swear words into it. I mean, like, the article that we saw that <laughs> had a tagline <laughs> was just perfectly summed up exactly what's going to be bad with this film, which was, live long and motherfucking prosper. Yeah. That's is, exactly yeah. what's going to be wrong with a Quentin Tarantino film. A Star Trek film, sorry. Quentin Tarantino Star Trek film. Yeah. It's going to take everything that we hate about the new Star Treks, which is just unnecessary violence and jumping to, like aggressive scenes just for the sake of being able to use special effects just that's that's quentin tarantino embodied i mean that's jj abrams embodied already which is bad enough with the new star trek films yeah. which as you can tell we didn't particularly enjoy no. don't get me wrong we're trying not to be elitists about no. the whole thing we always approach these things with an open mind but at the end of the day if they were standalone sci-fi films about something that wasn't star trek they would have been okay yeah. they would have just been another yeah. trilogy of space yeah cowboys and indians but because it was star trek he had a lot to live up to and take into account and i think he just ignored it for the yeah. most part it for me it just felt like a bit of a slap in the face to the fans where it was like 
we know you've been paying attention to the original, so what I'm going to do is completely mess up everything you know about Star Trek, which was really annoying. Mm. Um, and, you know, the second film was just like, however long, 90 minutes of Spock crying, which yeah. was the most irritating thing yeah. in the world. Uh. Um, but anyway, and, and I don't have any faith at all in Quentin Tarantino no. being able to, to do anything no, even remotely he's... decent with star trek like i say he jumps to violence and bad language and racism at, you know django and things like that to sell his films which uh, you know it's what people like they love violence because they don't have the attention spans or anything with a proper storyline so quentin tarantino plays to that because he knows that's what a lot of people like it's just... so he i i have no faith whatsoever that he's not going to do the exact same thing with Star it's just, Trek. The the annoying thing to me is that I have no faith whatsoever that he's doing this for any reason other than money. This is yeah, this is a franchise that people are currently liking, so I'm yeah. going to just jump on it, use the name, but do nothing else. Which let's be honest, is homage. what everyone's doing. Yeah, but... And, yeah, that ties into something I was thinking about, which is, why not just do something else? If he has an idea for a Star Trek, just just take out the bits that are Star Trekking, and yeah. you've just got a standalone sci-fi yeah. space shoot-em-up, yeah. which is still what people are going to yeah. enjoy. Why do you have to, like you say, you know, why do you have to slap the Star Trek branding on it? And it's because people are already invested in it. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the, the kind of old argument of people are just taking advantage of geeks and nerds at this point because they know we will buy anything, which mm-hmm. we will. Oh yeah, If we'll you still... slap Star yeah. Trek on it, well, immediately we'll be like, right, cool, it's going to be great. Well, <laughs> not even that. It's not even, yeah, cool, it's going to be great. It's just there's an obligation mm. in our brains because yeah. it's a... It's we have just, to know. Yeah, it's a... It's a they're, they're going into the franchise. That means that they want to be part of that world that means we have to watch it because you know we try to at least give everybody a shot just say okay if you want to use our franchise we will watch it and we will give you a shot we're not going to go to the cinema to watch it screw that never happening but we're gonna watch it and it's just annoying that somebody like quentin tarantino who i just despise i look at his face and i want to slap him yeah he's got a very slappable face just so slappable and just someone like him going into something I love, which is Star Trek, it just makes me sad and it makes me want to cry. And it's, it's, it's just, just I, I'll tell you why we don't like because we don't like the DJ Abrams Star Treks. No, because I just think they're really poorly written. He didn't put any effort in with the story. No, the characters are really underdeveloped, and mm-hmm. it's ninety percent action, which is never what Star Trek was about. Mm-hmm. And like I say, that that as soon as I saw the first film. I knew that he was just going to use the quote-unquote, you know, black hole time problem, whatever, to do whatever the hell he wanted with the rest of the films. And he was basically just remaking the old, which is just poor. Like, have an original idea. Don't just say, oh, imagine if this happened to Kirk instead of what actually happened to Kirk. And then he just roll with that. But it, it, Star Trek was such an integral part of a lot of geek and nerd childhoods Mm -hmm. and developments into the geeks and nerds we Mm -hmm. are today and you know going to all the 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 conventions and things Mm -hmm. like that and and it just seems like yeah they are taking advantage of that a lot and they don't put it no matter what they say no matter what they say the reasons they're doing it for you can't trust them because at the end of the day they're they're money 
yep. oriented, you know. Yeah. Whereas um, uh, the guy who played Worf, was it Michael? Michael J. Dawn. Dawn. That was, I was going to say Dorf for some reason. Yeah, Michael J. Dawn. And, <laughs> you, you should know, change his name. Yeah, all of the original cast, you know, Patrick Stewart and, and everyone else, they had ideas for episodes and they always pitched in with the writing and directing and things like that. Um, and they had... <laughs> A lot of them had more ideas for like proper films, and yeah. but part of the expanded universe, like you say, I would have loved if instead of Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. we had something about what happened after Voyager, because yeah. Voyager was basically the last, mm-hmm. the most recent TV mm-hmm. show um, in like in terms of the Star Trek Star timeline, Line. because yeah, it like came after. Yeah. Um, Next Generation. Next Generation in DS9. It came after all that. So it, it was, was apparently actually happening like midway through DS9 it started. Oh, yeah, that would make sense, that. actually. But yeah. But yeah. Um, Chronologically, and, it was the last one to finish in terms yeah, of that's yeah, yeah. as far as we've gotten into the Star Trek future. Yeah. So, you know, by the time... I'll not go into Voyager, but by the time they get home, basically, there's a lot of things that have changed. The Federation has new ships. Mm-hmm. There's alliances have changed. Mm-hmm. The Dominion rocks up that, mm-hmm. you know, people had no idea about in Voyager. Things like that. And I would have loved to have seen what happened after that. It yeah. would have been amazing to just continually see how the Federation develops. I mean, all this information that they currently have, yeah. like, they didn't know anything about the Delta Quadrant. And then Voyager comes back and they have all this information, yeah. all it's these It's like, charts. oh, by the way, we found the home of the Borg. Yeah. And also a species that can destroy the Borg. Like, they're yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's like... There's so much that you could do with it, and it's just it's just frustrating because you see all these ideas that got canned yeah. just because somebody who's Had slappable more. enough yeah. <laughs> wasn't the one to be behind it. Like it's, it's just, because he's popular at the minute as well. Because like I, I say, people are going on Love about Blanchard. like Pulp Fiction stuff. You know, they haven't shut up about it for like 50 years, even though it was Terrible. crap. And Django, which. I'll admit it's a guilty pleasure for me, but that's more because of Jamie Foxx as opposed to it being a Quentin Tarantino yeah. film. And, you know, uh, me and a friend have, like, ongoing jokes about it and stuff like that. Yeah. But, and but it's, it's just... They, I haven't enjoyed a, any Quentin Tarantino film because they're all just ridiculously over-the-top, violent and aggressive and swearing. Racist. and Just dumb. They're just yeah. dumb. Because they just pander to people so, so much. And he's going to do that with Star Trek. And it's going to ruin it even more than J.J. Abrams already has. Yeah. And I apologize about this being an incredibly angry episode yeah. in our podcast. We try and, not to be like this, but this has provoked such an, a response yeah. from us. And you know what? There might be a lot of you out there who don't agree with us and who love J.J. Abrams' films. And that's fine. Like That's, that's all that's part the, of being a Trekkie. Yeah. like That's the beauty of Star Trek is that you have different things that you can enjoy. And while I'm saying that, I'm realizing that maybe we shouldn't be so harsh. But at the same time, it's just, there's some things that you don't change. Like the problem that we had with J.J. Abrams was like you said, our primary problem was the fact that he made Spock a weepy little bitch. And it's just so emotional all the time. And like, you know, the whole point of the Vulcans was that they are completely emotionless. They have pushed emotion aside. Yes, there are, in every single series that has any kind of Vulcan, there's one episode where you see them during Ponfar or when they've got the degenerative disease where they can't control their emotions. But that just shows you the effect that 
suppressing emotion has, but it doesn't mean that those people feel emotions. Yeah, and it, yes, yes, Spock was half yeah. human, and that makes him more prone to it. But that doesn't mean that you get to tap into his human side literally 90% of the yeah. time. Spock was trying to be the best Vulcan he could possibly be and sometimes slipped up. Not all the time. Sometimes. But it was so impactful in the original series though, yeah. because once Spock started getting emotion you were like oh it's going to yeah. go down. Like, yeah. Something's going to go. Once he started getting angry you were like oh Jesus someone's going yeah. <laughs> to gonna go down. Because it happened so so really? rarely. Yeah. And that was the beauty of it. Yeah. That was when you knew that something like that was the emphasis that yeah, was when yeah. they were saying with the storytelling they were saying actually this is something that we really want you to remember pay attention and, to yeah and it just seems like the new films just took that and completely desensitized you to anything that spock was doing yeah they and, tried to make you have that reaction too often where it's like wait he's he's not supposed yeah. to be feeling anything but now he so must be serious but they did it so much that it yeah. lost it almost like it was almost like they said this is how i felt with it right it felt to me like they were trying to say oops pardon me um <laughs> i hit my that's how much i'm gesturing right now but it felt to me like they were saying that human emotion is stronger than the Vulcan training. Um, training and resolve. And that is making me angry because that was the whole point of the Vulcans is that their Vulcan side was stronger and that you could... It was It was a demonstration of the fact that they had the ability to train themselves into not feeling anything and that made them unique. Because once you make him as a half human basically human he loses everything vulcan about him yeah they might as and, well have just not had the vulcan yeah, side of it. you he might, might as well, well just, just been another officer it's like it's like saying that every alien out there is basically human that's that's the thing that's making me angry about it is that they took an alien that was well known and that was meant to be different and meant to put a different perspective on it and just basically made him part of everybody else. Like, yeah. it was just the same. Such and a fundamental part of yeah. the Star Trek universe. Like, we're Vulcans. But, yeah. And, and just yeah. other races, other aliens, and they would provide a different perspective and yeah. they would make you think about things in a different way. Like, I just... Mm. <laughs> yeah, we're getting very emotional <sighs> about this one because we do love Star Trek. And like I say, we try not to be elitist about it. We watch the new films and we watch Discovery. Yeah. And there are legitimate reasons why we didn't enjoy them. We we it's not necessarily we didn't enjoy them because it's new and it's a reboot mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, even though that does factor into it as much as we try not to let it. It's just we just didn't find them to be even remotely Star Trekian. Yeah. Where it was like Star Trek seemed to be quite thought-provoking and yeah. the story writing was good even for the time that it was mm-hmm. being written and, and made um, and the character development was always going there was mm-hmm. always character development going on mm-hmm. and we watched the first few episodes of discovery and people have kept saying that oh it gets better it gets better but i don't have to put that much effort in with a tv yeah. show especially not a star trek tv and show it's like oh you haven't gotten to know the characters yet you need to keep going no 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 no. yeah exactly i should have yeah. known them by now exactly. and that's i should have known at least enough to be interested yeah. in and getting to know them more and that's what's going to be really annoying that i feel like about the quentin tarantino film because there's going to be no character development yeah like 
it's just going to be enough to get to the point where you understand why they're violent and that's about as far as it'll go. Like, I feel like a lot of his films are just about getting to the point where he justifies why they are so mean yeah. and then he just goes with it and that's it. And that's all you find out about them. You don't find out that much no. beneath the surface. You just find out why they are driven to violence. And that's not... A human being isn't just about violence. It's just not... And, you know, well, like let's... we say, like his films are hugely successful mm. for this right audience and that's absolutely fine. Keep doing your thing. Just why translate that into Star Trek? Why does Star Trek have the need to have character development that just justifies violence. I mean, to be fair, why... You know what? If he does a film about the Romulans, he would probably do well. I was thinking more Klingons. Nah, cause Klingons... because Klingons... But then I thought Discovery have kind of already done that. Early yeah. Klingons, where they were still quite warlike. Yeah, but then again, that's the problem with Discovery that I had as well, is that Klingons were warlike, but the motivation was honour. Yeah. Whereas... They made it seem like the motivation was purely violence because they're yeah. a violent race and religion. A religious religion. thing, yeah. Whereas, I mean, honor is a part of religion, like almost like a religion, but it's a different thing. And that's that's what bugs me. But Romulans, I guess, obviously, again, Star Trek went into the detail of all the you Dominion, know, all the Dominion, like, but they always went into a little bit why they were violent, but also why they meant well and why they actually felt. Like, they were doing well. Like, they've never made them violent just because they like violence. Yeah, yeah. Like, was, with with was, the Klingons, they, it was always like they were carrying a grudge and they needed to fulfill a certain amount of violence for honor's sake. Yeah. They needed to kill somebody to yeah. restore the honor of their house, etc., yeah. etc. Et yeah. And oh, think of them almost like Japanese samurai. Yeah. That's the best way to think of the mm-hmm. Klingons. They're not necessarily a very warlike race. Mm-hmm. They are just very good at it mm-hmm. because they have such strong notions of honor and mm-hmm. such a strong warrior's code mm-hmm. that when things happen a certain way, they have to be completed in a certain way. So they're mm-hmm. not... They're, they can be quite um, sort of explosive with mm-hmm. the tempers and things like that. But again, that's always related to, are you insulting my honor? Because yeah. if you are, I'm going to have to kill you, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which it... In in the you know uh, next generation things like that rarely resorted to that. No. In the episodes where you know Worf asked Picard to be his, um, oh. I can't remember the exact phrase for it, no. but it was almost like his um, like second or something. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, they were so meaningful. Yeah. Because Worf had such a, a again, it would have been great to see a, a Worf oh. origin story because he had such a rich backstory. Yeah. With his family mm-hmm. and um, you know. Was it Wolf 359 that it all came from, or was it something else? It was a different outpost, wasn't it? It was different outpost. That got oh. attacked by, like, Romulans yeah. or something, and Wolf's father was accused of helping them. It's yes, something like that. Yes, he was like a that. Romulan sympathizer. Oh, what was it called? I won't remember. Wolf no. 359's um, where the Borg thing. Picard was Locutus of Borg. Um, anyway. Oh. Anyway, but yeah, so... I'll Google it. But there was, there was just a lot to be said for that. And, I mean, the Romulans... It's interesting because there are the Romulans and there are the Cardassians, which are quite mm. similar. See, I, think... I would say the Cardassians are probably the more violent. Yes, because Romulans have the same origins as the Vulcans. Yeah. Which means that they have a little bit of that kind of almost like cold sensibility about yeah. it. Where they're just like, oh, well, you have to be destroyed. 
That's the only outcome. That's the logical outcome here. So whereas Vulcans use logic to justify all actions, Romulans mainly use it to justify violence. But they're not necessarily violent. But I guess Cardassians, they are just naturally angry. Yeah. And violent. And they enslaved the um, Bajorans. And so if you were looking at that... That could potentially work in a Quentin Tarantino universe. But obviously he's not going to do that. Because he's not going to go no. for a race that is universally hated. Yeah. <laughs> he's not that dumb. Which is a shame. Because that way you could just go straight to violence. And just explain the violence. Because Cardassians are... But again, yeah. See, this is the thing. Because they are inherently violent. And they are mean. And they are hated. But they did... I don't know. This... There were always some Cardassians who were inherently good. There was never... I don't think there was ever a race in the entirety of Star Trek that was just bad. No, no. They all had motivations for doing it as well. It's not like, yeah. There there was never a race apart from the... Well, not even the Borg. No, no, no. The Borg were just seeking perfection. They were seeking utter perfection. That was it. The... Species 359? Mm, They have an actual name. Uh, no, actually, I don't think they do in the they end. They do. Uh. Anyway, yeah, I was thinking, you know, there's no race that's violent for violence' sake. No. There's really not. No, there's and not. And each race, you know, they tried to, eat, no matter how small they were, they tried to take the time to give them a backstory mm-hmm. and go into their, like I said, character development, stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was the Kitama message. Kitama. The Kitama outpost. <sighs> I hate myself for not knowing that because Worf is one of my favorite characters. Um, Sorry, I'm still trying to look for the uh, the, the phrase. The phrase. Oh, the, that, yeah. Oh, oh, I've got it on the tip of my tongue. Was he? Uh... Anyway, um, we all just have quiet like in the last one. <laughs> what that had happened, but it's just that I think that Star Trek gives you that experience that wholesome experience that ability to understand the characters in it and like you say you know there 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 weren't any of the any of the star treks that were influenced by gene roddenberry didn't have any violence in them for the sake of violence that's the thing and while there has been a lot said about you know um that even though the original Star Trek and the other ones that came after it were very progressive, there were some things that Gene Roddenberry wasn't progressive on, such as um, gays and like the gay community. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think there were some mentions of back in the day when they tried to introduce a gay character and Gene Roddenberry canned that. Mm. And that's not fantastic, I admit. And everybody has their flaws. And obviously, you know... It, that that was something that was annoying because Star Trek was the perfect place to do that. Yeah, and absolutely. I understand if people take it that way, like to that level, because they'll want to. But it's that whole idea of don't change the original. So even when they, in the new films, they made Sulu, the new Sulu, be gay. Even yeah. George Takei said... That, that was never part of that. the original one. Yeah, yeah. He, he was the one that said well, this is wrong. Yeah, 
And not because of the whole... No, no. Because obviously George Takei is gay in real yeah. life, but he objected to it because his character was never openly gay. Yeah. And it seemed like, you know, J.J. Abrams tried to do it as an homage to George Takei, but it was actually quite insulting because just, George Takei was just like, there's no need for it. He, no. I wasn't gay in the TV show. Yeah. Why are you trying yeah, to make it's it like, a thing? It's just that whole idea of why not just have a new character join the crew or why keep recycling the old crew? That's the thing, isn't it? It's if you're going to recycle the old characters that we know and love, then keep them the way that we know and love them. Chadich. That's the, yeah. That's, that's the. Chadich. So that, that's that's the phrase where that Worf asks Picard to be his Chadich, who is like his second. Kind of like, uh, if you think of Norse mythology, like a shield bearer mm-hmm. almost. So it was quite an honourable position anyway sorry yes back to yeah but, but so that's it's, it's that idea you know if i just i feel like quentin tarantino isn't the right person no to do this kind of show and i think unfortunately he's just taken on doing star trek because it's popular right now yeah. and not for the right reasons yeah and he's got a slappable face so i mean we'll so see like i say we'll, we'll try to approach it with an open mind but instantly because it's quentin tarantino it's going to be tough to watch yeah. and, and maybe, maybe I, he's almost impossible to prove for us. yeah exactly but it, yeah. it's almost impossible for us at this point to believe that he's going to do a good job with it i mean to be fair he's already requ- he's demanded that it's going to be r-rated r-rated so yeah, that's right which we know is a that poor it's not start to... for a star trek because yeah. that's never it just seems that's never what star trek it was never about the violence it was about, it was hum- about- humanity exploring the universe and trying to Learn from their past, mm-hmm. which they constantly reference in all the TV shows. They they offer, if they're speaking to a new alien race or even an existing alien race, the the conversation usually goes to you know we used to be a very warlike race and then we put our differences aside and united and now they're such a powerful spacefaring, you know. So and they they try to not preach, but they do talk about it when they meet a new alien species. They don't. They're not violent straight mm-hmm. up. It's not like oh, there's an unknown alien vessel most of the time they'll go to yellow alert Mm -hmm. to be on standby but they never say like yellow alert shields up arm weapons Mm -hmm. because it's not how they would approach things but i've got a feeling that quentin tarantino would probably go straight straight to to, yeah unknown alien vessel blow it up yeah so so yeah we didn't even know that we would talk for this long about it actually getting close to the end so we um yes in but we have some other news to talk about. We'll come back to it once the more details are more. released and things like that. We'll come back to it. So yeah. keep an eye out for that episode then. But yes, but exciting Maggie, would you like to take them through our exciting really? news? Can I? Can yes, I, can you can. I, can I? <laughs> so next week, there are going to be episodes that are... One is going to be an extra episode and the other one's going to be delayed slightly. Oh. <sighs> tell me why, Maggie. Oh, I'll tell you. Oh. Um... <laughs> So, on Thursday, well, actually, Wednesday, Wednesday midnight, night, Thursday well, morning, Thursday let's morning, say. Thursday morning, we'll be coming out of the theater, having just seen The Last Jedi. <laughs> so we're going to see the midnight premiere. We're so excited. It's going to be got VIP tickets. It's awesome. Anyway, so that's going to be amazing. That's going to be great. We're going to 
we're going to do a review literally on the Thursday. We will sit down after we have slept for a little bit and we will give you our first impressions, but spoiler free. No spoilers. We yeah, won't do no any spoilers. spoilers, but you're going to get that as soon as we see it, just so you get it's, the Yeah, experience. it's going to be less of a review and more of a kind of first reaction to yeah. it and see how the stories develop and things like that. And like I say, it's going to be spoiler free, so spoiler don't worry about that. Yeah. And what about Sunday, Maggie? What about Sunday? Oh, well, Sunday is even more exciting because. <laughs> so um the bbc are doing a northern tour with the doctor who christmas episode before it's aired on tv and we got tickets so yeah we're going to see the the first screening of the uh the doctor Doctor who Who christmas Christmas special special for this year and the christmas specials are always great and even though we're not keen on capaldi and we've we've made that perfectly clear in our previous podcast and we're not actually um, we're really curious to see what they do with Jodie Whittaker, although she won't actually be in it that much, will she? She'll just no, regenerate. No, she'll, she'll probably have a couple. They're, they're typically, they appear right at the very end, yeah. have a couple of lines, and yeah. then it's fade to black type but of thing. But we're still curious, and we're going to see it before it hits the TVs. Like, we're going to see it the first, like, one of the first um, audiences that sees it, and mm-hmm. there's going to be a red carpet, there's going to be photo ops with Daleks, like... Oh it's gonna be so cool. It's gonna man. be so it's cool. Be so real. Sunday. So then, straight after we come home, it'll be very late at night when we get home. Mm-hmm. But we're going to record a podcast there and then again, giving you our impressions. No spoilers. Yeah. No giveaways. Just our impressions, and mm-hmm. that's what you're going to get on Sunday. So there's not going to be a podcast on Saturday, but Sunday late night London time, yeah. oh UK time. So <clears throat> GMT. GMT. You're yeah. going to get. At first impressions of Doctor Who Christmas special. <laughs> I'm so excited. Are you? I can't tell. No? No. <laughs> so, tune in next week on Thursday and on Sunday for brand new things. I mean, I think Star Wars is premiering here before it premieres in America, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just very excited. So, yeah. So, that's what's going to be happening. We're very excited. It's going to be awesome. And, yeah. Uh, so, Alex... <laughs> Yes, darling. Do you want to do the regular segments that we have? Certainly will. Do you want to take us through the rough? <laughs> yeah. So the rough is the random useless fact, uh, where we just give you a random useless fact to use in, in day-to-day discussions or to break the ice or if you just want a, an extra piece of knowledge. So the random useless fact for today. So uh, Mel Blanc, who was the voice of the cartoon character Bugs Bunny, was actually allergic to carrots in real life, which is somewhat ironic because Bugs yeah. Bunny was constantly... Chowing on carrots. <laughs> so, do you think he had an allergic reaction by proxy? When yeah, he was watching yeah, he, like he just got the sick. Cartoon, like, just pass out. Be like, oh Mel, come on now. <laughs> Maggie, would you like to take us through the good news? Oh well, the good news is a segment that we've introduced because we have noticed that all the news out there is bad. There's no good news, no, no good, good news. news stories, and we're sick of that. So we scour the internet to bring you good news stories. And today's good news story is that um, the NHS have revealed information about a monthly jab that is intended to prevent migraines. So it's something that um, people who suffer from migraines would jab in every month. It's and like that 60% should percent of the UK who something like that suffer yeah. from migraines. Yeah, so it's a huge amount. And um, it should prevent migraines as such and apparently they've also had multiple producers make this so you'll be able to get different price points so you won't have to pay extortionate amounts and overall it's 
it sounds like it's an amazing thing that's happened and apparently it's the first time in a while that we've had quite a big breakthrough in medical science so that's pretty good mm-hmm. that's good stuff so uh yeah i think that about wraps it up for today so mm-hmm. don't forget to find us on twitter and facebook, facebook. uh and you know share us around and all that kind of stuff and we're on a bunch of different websites now obviously we're on podium we're on itunes we're on stitcher uh-huh. and a bunch of other ones uh so keep an eye out for us there um, and sharing is caring so but thank you very much for listening i've been alex i've been maggie and this was socially cause